0: Hi, this is Savannah.
1: And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show.
0: And you're listening to Star Wars.
1: The best place for below average Star Wars. In a
2: world where people need 80s and 90s movie reviews, two regular Geordies combine forces to bring you the Brother to Brother 80s and 90s movie review podcast. Check them out on Twitter, YouTube,
0: and all decent podcast vendors.
1: below average stars
2: hello there and welcome to the star Wars show the best place for below average star wars I am the Geordie Jedi Pete. I'm Jason Hondo Ling.
0: And I'm Kat Yauke.
2: And we are here with our last episode before Christmas. So Merry Christmas Jason, Merry Christmas Kat. And are you Pete, and are you Kat? Merry
0: Christmas, Happy Life Day.
2: Yes, Happy Life Day to all of the wonderful listeners out there listening to Star Wars. Um, Let's kick things right off. I've been in a bit of a shell Uh, someone who works in warehousing and retail in the middle of Christmas, and I've missed this, but I hear, Kat, that there is a new surprise, surprise Book of Boba Fett teaser TV spot
0: There is indeed, this one is called Authority, I'm actually glad they're named, because trying to keep up with them otherwise would be quite tricky Uh, There is now nine days to go, currently today uh, for the Book of Boba Fett I'm think this may be the last teaser or last but one. In this teaser, what we get to see is more dialogue from Fennec in a new interaction with Boba Fett, and they're both very mistrustful of the denizens of Tatooine, quite rightly by the looks of it. Um, there is a Twi'lek uh, that comes to see them, and this is who they're being very suspicious of. It looks like the Eforian—that's um, the alien with the very long face and eye stalks—that's been turning up in the trailers—looks to be maybe a mayor of one of the outposts on Tatooine. So I'm expecting that him to be corrupt sheriff, sheriff of Nottingham style. I think. And we also get to see quite briefly about at the 22nd mark, what looks to be the Star Wars version of a moped. You hear that right. The Star Wars version of a moped, uh, part of the speeder bike chase. And that is a seriously cool ride. I I want to see this now.
2: Yeah, I've missed this one. um, But you saying that there's like a a speeder bike version of a moped has got me... Wanting to go watch this TV spot right now. That sounds fascinating.
0: It looks really cool. It's bright red. It's got like the headlights, the handlebars. But rather than the wheels of a moped, obviously it's, um, it hovers. Uh, it's got hover engines. And I just love the design. Oh, I want to know everything about this. I want to know who's riding it. I want to know who designed it. I want to know where I can get one.
2: Are you gonna get the black series version of it when it comes out to buy?
0: If there's a Lego version, I, I think this would make a really good Lego set.
1: Oh, you're gonna have yeah. to design a Lego set, Kat.
0: Oh, I I have not got I've not got the brains of those incredible designers.
2: Jason, have you got a chance to watch this TV spot yet? <laughs>
1: I've briefly caught up on it. Um, As I said to you earlier, I've sort of, like you say, got lost with all of the trailers. Um, A lot of them, or teasers, I should say, a lot of them have got very similar bits in them and that. Um, I saw this one, but I'll be honest, I can't remember seeing um, the moped, so I'm going to have to go back and look at it myself.
2: Yeah, like, I'm sure I've seen about maybe five different ones of these TV spots. I'm sure there's more than that now, but I can only really pinpoint like maybe three different things happening, but I think that's maybe a good thing. you know. I don't want to go into this thing with the story spoiled for us. Am um, I right in thinking that Robert Rodriguez was talking this week saying we've only seen the first half of the first episode in these TV spots?
0: I think he did say something like that. From what I've been reading, this has been kept super under wraps. Like even people working on it, such as Ming-Na Wen, didn't know that they were sort of making the book of Boba Fett. They thought they were doing like another season of The Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, I know That's Jessica it. Beals has um, said exactly the same, hasn't she? Yeah, that she didn't even know what she was filming as she was filming it.
2: That's pretty, pretty crazy. But good, you know, let's keep you secret. I think one of the reasons why Mandalorian works so well is that, especially the first season, was that, you know, the, the child was sort of kept secret um, until you sort of saw him on screen, um, which, you know, is, is absolutely, you know, fantastic. When you first say that happened on screen, you see the child, it makes your jaw drop, makes you jump out of your seat. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, this this we'll probably be our last recording before the first episode comes out possibly. Um, Jason, what's your final thoughts going into book above effect of how excited are you and what are you hoping to see?
1: Um, I'm really looking forward to it um, because I just love all the star Wars television stuff and anything that's got um, Dave Floney and John Favreau involved, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's um, perfect. Uh, The one thing I am looking forward to is seeing what they're doing with the character of Boba Fett. Um, From the trailer or the teasers, it does look like he's trying to set up a very different regime to the one that Jabba had done. Um, I know there's the line where um, I think it said, Jabba ruled with fear, I want to rule with respect. Um, So I'm looking forward to that, and that obviously goes in with the whole mandalorian thing of you know everyone follows a code sort of thing um so and obviously previously with uh boba fett as a bounty hunter um they all had their different codes and that so uh, yeah it's all in all i cannot wait to see the premiere episode um i will be getting up as early as possible that morning to um, log into Disney Plus and see what they've brought on. Yeah, have they said what time it'll air in the UK? I am guessing it's going to stick to... Most of them tend to drop at 8am on... Um, because this one's on the Friday, isn't it? It's, is it the Friday?
0: Friday's the Star Wars release days on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, it's the 29th. 29th is a Wednesday. Oh, yeah, so it's um, slotting in with the Marvel slot, so yeah, um, be interesting to see um, if they we might even get like they did with The Mandalorian. Um, they might drop the Wednesday and then there might be another episode to follow on Friday. You never know.
2: Yeah, that would be good if we got like a the first episode on the Wednesday, and then the second episode on the Friday, and then it's every Friday from there on out. But you've got to think if they give us two episodes in the first week, there's only seven episodes, isn't there? Book Yeah,
1: I think it's. Because um, th- um, that would sort of tie in, actually, because I think it's supposed to finish pretty much the first week of February. So that would sort of makes sense. Yeah.
2: Kat, obviously, I know you obviously really enjoy this latest TV spot teaser. Um, Again, sort of how excited are you going into the series debuting next week? Um, And what are you hoping to see?
0: Oh, I think I'm pretty excited now. I've never been sort of like the biggest Boba Fett fan. I do like the character a lot, but sort of not to the perhaps obsessive levels that some Mandalorian fans are. Um, So I'm I'm excited to see Boba Fett's character develop more the moral code he's following and how he's going to apply that to Tatooine. Because he's trying to take a very lawless place, scum and villainy, as Obi-Wan rightly described it. And he's trying to bring this under, you know, new management. And I want to I want to see, you know, what's his struggles, you know, what's what does he excel at? Because Boba Fett had about like seven lines in the original trilogy. He then had those two brilliant episodes in the Mandalorian season two. And it would be really just great to see who he is underneath that mask. What makes what makes Boba Fett tick. To see those morals and those guiding principles in action. I'm really excited to see that part of his character which has not been explored at all really apart from perhaps a bit in in the clone wars but uh, that was a much younger boba fett so it would be interesting to see now this more mature Fett with all these lessons that he's learned and you know did did being nearly eaten by the sarlacc sort of change him did he have sort of a an epiphany moment then
2: yeah, because I think one of the things that comes across in the in the TV spots I've seen is that Boba seems to want to rule the crime syndicate in a sort of as well as peaceful as a crime syndicate can, um, you know, sort of not being as nasty and as gangsterish as, as Jabba was. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't have maybe him surviving the Saw maybe that's like, you know, I was meant to be dead, but I wasn't, and is it like a sort of a like a second coming of warfare type of thing. Um, I just want to put a theory out there to both ears. Obviously, Jabba's gone. Bobba's going to be stepping up to take his place. Is Roda the Hut going to be out for revenge for his father?
0: Oh, that's an interesting theory. I mean, has <laughs> never been brought back since the Clone Wars. You know, we had this little stinky hat baby, and that was it. That I mean, technically... Technically though, I mean his revenge should have been against Leia uh and not Boba Fett. But yeah, that would be interesting to see if there's more hats. Do the hats try and come back?
2: I'm just thinking in true hood fashion, I don't think Rota would be upset that Jabba's dead because he would inherit the crime syndicate and be the boss now. But actually Boba's gonna take over. So he's like sort of took his birthright away from him.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, it, it's something that's there in the background that, you know, uh, they've said that there's going to be surprises and other characters that we already know coming into the series that we don't know about. Um, and that'd certainly tie in. Um, and let's face it, um, it'd be quite a lot of fun to see the huts back in action and also trying to rebuild what they once had. Um, you know, so, yeah, that that's something. It, who knows what's going to come from Favreau and Filoni? And obviously now they've got Robert Rodriguez, who's, who's got some, you know, if you look at his work that he's done in the past, um, some of the stuff like From Dust Till Dawn, um, obviously Spy Kids. He's got such a wide range. Um, and obviously, you know, when you look at that one episode that he's done of The Mandalorian, for me, that was one of the standout episodes, um, especially for the action side of things, so yeah, a lot of fun to come. Definitely, definitely. Moving on from
2: Book of Boba Fett, I feel like we haven't, I feel like Book of Boba Fett's been a topic for the past like 10 episodes, because every, <laughs> every, every week <laughs> <of that can laughs> be. um, moving on from that, obviously, um, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the the new Lego at that. Um, And how some people were saying you can't really take it apart. I hear that the Lego designers have now come onto YouTube to show you how it's done.
0: They have. So, yes, the fans were in a bit of confusion about the new UCS 8080. And there was some speculation that certain elements couldn't come apart, particularly the connecting joints for the legs but the amazing designers at LEGO uh, have come onto YouTube and uh, Henrik Andersen, uh shows you some tips to actually get the Technic pins out safely without having to use any sharp implements or anything that could damage the LEGO bricks really. Uh, it's a great little quick video. It's only I think two minutes and it is fiddly but it does look like it can be done. And I really applaud the Lego group for coming onto YouTube to show her how it is done because their previous uh, press release was just like verbal instructions, which weren't that helpful because when you're talking about Lego bricks, one, everybody calls different Lego bricks, different things. There's no universal code. And secondly, Lego is just such a visual um toy that the those verbal instructions weren't particularly useful. But this video is exactly what the fans needed. And it'd be interesting to see now if anybody if anybody comes onto social media and says success and managed to do it.
2: Yep. I wonder if Lego listening to this podcast because I'm sure one of us suggested could doing a YouTube video uh, last that was time me. around. So there we go. Listening and stealing our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Lego, has anyone purchased any Lego or got any Lego coming for Christmas?
1: I haven't. Um, and as far as I know, I've got none coming. I've got me fingers crossed that Santa might be kind to me. Um, but um, the main thing I really like is Bogotan's Um, ship. Uh, that's the one thing, but I don't think I'm going to get that for Christmas. Might have to wait for my birthday in May.
2: I would feel sorry for you, but aren't you the person who took his Lego advent calendar and opened it all up in one go?
1: Yep. Yeah, my Lego advent calendar was made in September when it was first released.
2: <laughs> so
1: you, you've spoiled the fun.
2: You've opened all the Lego too soon. <laughs> the joys of being out right.
1: I I cannot understand people that buy Lego and leave it in the box because I am a big kid. As soon as I get that box of Lego, I think the longest I've ever waited to build a kit that's turned up has been about four days.
0: The longest I've ever waited, I think I've had my second Death Star for at least four years.
1: Just send it over. I'll build it for you, Kat.
0: The box <laughs> is about twelve kilos. I don't want the FedEx bill for that.
1: Alright. Well, now that you've got your driving licence, you can drive it over. <laughs> Jason, I've got the um
2: I've had it for about three years now, I think. The uh the Obi Wan Kenobi's Jedi Starfighter with the hyperspace ring from Attack of the Clones. Oh don't, that's my ground piece. So another <laughs> desk I'm sitting at right now, uh box opened <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> bought it on Force Friday, like no, not 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 Force Friday. I think I bought it on May the Fourth, <laughs> like three years ago,
1: maybe. That that is the one set that I've been dying to get, and I missed that. I'm gutted um, because Jedi News new Team or Stephen James went over to Billund. Um, would have been two thousand and nineteen. And I gave them a shopping list, and I forgot to add that on the shopping list. And it wasn't till they got back, um, I, in conversation with Steve, he said, "Oh, I nearly picked up Obi Wan's Jedi Starfighter." He said it was only twenty five quid, and I I cried at that point. <laughs> it's worth a lot more than that now on eBay, I tell you. Exactly.
2: Kat, have you got any sets coming for Christmas?
0: Well, I just uh, managed to snag off the res- uh, resale market um, the Charles Dickens tribute set of A Christmas Carol and Santa's front yard with the reindeer, um, the latter being this year's gift with purchase. So I've got those sort of little Christmas dioramas dotted around the house.
2: Very good, very good. Moving on from Lego. Um... And to tell us more about there's obviously been a sort of a, a sad loss within the, the sort of star wars fan group community um jason if you want to go ahead and tell everybody about that
1: yeah sadly um on i think it was the 9th of december or at least uh no the 10th of december that was when i heard about it um A guy named Pedge Wadley, um, or at least that's the name he was known as within the Star Wars costuming community, um, passed away sadly after a long battle with motor neuron disease. Um, Pedge was someone that I'd come across during lockdown um, because um, the droid builders, which he was a member of, actually um, set up a sort of live broadcast on the um, internet every so often um, where they raised money um, because obviously they couldn't get out and about. So they did um, basically a lot of fun interviews. And on one of the episodes that they did, um, they managed to get Anthony Daniels on for an interview. Now, Pedge was one of the only people that also um, cosplayed or costumed as um, c Freepio. po and he and Anthony had interacted before at conventions and that and he'd actually managed to meet Anthony at MCM Birmingham in 2019 um, in his um, c Freepio po costume um, so I um, sat through this live broadcast and I have to say I found it today and re-watched it prior to this show and if you get the chance Um, do a search for Droid Builders UK on YouTube because there's some absolutely brilliant videos on there and the interview with Anthony Daniels where Pedge and Lee Towersy, who um, is the main operator for the R2 unit in all of the recent films, um, interview Anthony, although it's quite funny because Anthony sort of takes over the interview in um, which actually gives it a real personal feel because Pedge then becomes more of the focus in that Anthony's interested in explaining, you know, the intricacies of playing C3PO and talking to someone else who's had experience being in that costume. And it really is a brilliant interview to watch. Um, and to um, so Pedge was then a character that I sort of knew without even knowing. Uh, and then through the Droid Builders UK site I've been following that sadly he became quite ill and for me it just went to show just how much camaraderie there is within the community Um, because first of all he was trying to build an R2 unit and obviously as his illness got worse he was struggling so a group of guys actually got together and went and spent the day with him at his house, working on it once lockdown had lifted, um, trying to help him get it completed so he could fill his dream. And then even when he was in hospital, the guys regularly took it in turns to go and meet him. Um, and obviously this year, each year, the droid builders select a charity um, that they then spend the year fundraising for and this year it's been for um motor neuron disease. So it's um really sad that obviously um Pedge has passed away and I know it's gonna leave a huge gap within the costuming community. Um the guys um I know Pedge's funeral's coming up towards the end of this month and touch wood i'm hoping that restrictions don't cause any issues because there's plans for a huge um both uk garrison star wars costuming community and the droid builders um that they're going to put on a real send-off for a character within you know the community that's played a large part um obviously we published uh or Steve put together a piece on Jedi News um and also throughout the community there's been you know real outpourings of grief over this. So um on behalf of everyone I you know I'd just like to send my condolences to the family and to all that knew Pedge because you know without knowing him he's already left quite an impression on me anyway. Um, so I definitely recommend anyone gets a chance to look that up on um, YouTube.
2: Yeah. And obviously all thoughts go out to Pedge's friends and family. Um, obviously, you know, it's always sad when, when someone passes away. Even sadder but it's Christmas time uh, when when war meant to be sort of, you know, a time of joy, but it's a sad, sad thing's happened there. Um and it does make me think, you know, think about the things you do have in life and be grateful for them because you never know what's around the
1: corner and you never know what other people are going through.
2: Moving on from De- that. Sorry, go ahead Jason.
1: No, I was going to say definitely. Um, and and again, I, you know, for me, it just goes to show as well, um, you know, the camaraderie within the Star Wars community Um, it's a good time of year for everyone to remember, you know, all the different people. And also the fact that, you know, everyone's there to support each other. And that's what I love about this whole star Wars fandom and everything. Definitely.
2: And speaking of star Wars fandom, we've had some questions come in on the Twitter for us guys to ask. Obviously we opened up, we said, you guys want to send a few questions in. Um, little sort of Christmas present to the listeners. Um, so, John John asks, what's the one Star Wars item you would love to find under the Christmas tree this year? So, we'll go to you, Cat. first. Any Star Wars item you want, what's the one Star Wars item you'd love to find under the Christmas tree?
0: Hmm, that's, um, that's a bit of a difficult question for me this year. There hasn't been as much Star Wars on, whether that's television or film. So, there's not been as much merchandise this year. Um, And my latest Kylo Ren figure is running late. It's been pushed now till January. So that's not going to be underneath my tree. Um, But I think I would settle for the the LEGO 75310 Duel on Mandalore so that I could have the new Clone Wars Ahsoka minifigure.
2: Remember, it's any Star Wars item, so... You could have said a screen-used Kylo Ren helmet.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that's never going to happen on my student budget.
2: What, it's the power of Santa?
0: Well, if, if, if Santa has that amazing power, then I would prefer to have like, a full-screen costume at that point with the lightsaber and everything.
1: Does that include Adam Driver in the costume at the same time, Kat?
0: No, no, just just the costume. Just <laughs> have that in a display case and have the lightsaber because Kylo Ren lightsabers cost us more fortune, and also it is really difficult to get a good Kylo Ren helmet. So yeah, definitely those. And um, yeah, whilst we're at it, let's let's go for sign a full signed collection of the uh, sequel trilogy signa- uh, signatures, whole cast signatures. On a on a poster.
2: Jason, what about you?
1: Well several items. Uh Obi-Wan Starfighter <laughs> um Boca Town Ship. Uh Build a Bear Boba Fett, a Bear Ahsoka, um uh Moss Isley um, Lego set uh, yeah just anything really. John John was very clear. What's the one Star Wars item you would love to find under the Christmas
2: tree this year, Jason? And you've just named the whole of Toys R Us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, Smith's Toys. Uh, <laughs> big ships are Smith's Toys exclusive. So, it, yeah. Well, I
0: mean, if you like, wrap them all together as one present with yeah. a big yeah. piece of wrapping paper, The yeah, no. is one item.
1: I, I I think just a big big box of Lego Star Wars, all the kits that I haven't got, I'd be eternally grateful.
2: So I've been thinking about this, and my first answer was, and it was just my holy grail item, which I would like an original Star Wars Episode Six: Revenge of the Jedi poster from the original release when a few posters got up before they changed the name. Um, obviously you can get reprints but I, I want an original one um, obviously you go for a lot of money um, so I would, that was what I went to first but thought about it I want something priceless and I think I would go for Carrie Fisher's The Last Jedi script because I know she was famous for being a script doctor and I know she made a lot of notes on that so just having her actual script from The Last Jedi which is her last Star Wars film really, you know the last one she was actually involved in like her actual mind and and sort of soul involved. Um so it'd be great to have that and also like go through and see see what notes she wrote in that. I think that would be like a sort of a fantastic priceless item.
0: Oh wow that is a great that is a great one.
1: Yeah you you, you just gazumped both of us straight away there. But then again to be fair you had a heads up on the questions, so
2: I did, yes. Obviously we'll let we'll let John John decide who will give him the best answer. Um, moving on from John John we've got a Danny Boy Danny Boy says Mando versus Boba old school cowboy fashion shootout who are you backing and why
1: that's easy it's got to be Boba
2: would you agree Kat
0: no I would not I'm absolutely the Mandalorian he's got the more and tech he's got the better jet pack he's got the younger joint no Mando.
1: yeah but boba already pretty much proved in the episode of mando that he could he could hold his own
0: yeah but i mean dinjarin was whacked into a wall like six times by moff gideon and he was still fighting okay
2: i think why must be... <laughs> i think what uh, what comes to my mind is that it's... It's an old-school cowboy shootout. So, obviously, I know Mando Mando has a sidearm, a blaster, where Boba does have a sidearm on his sort of back, but we've never really seen him use it, especially in the original trilogy anyway. Um, So, like, you know, take that rifle away from Boba, like his blaster rifle, um, and, like, who can pull the pistol quicker? Probably, probably Mando... Plus, Mando has the more premium Beskar armor. But I think Boba's Boba's Beskar, I don't think it's as premium as as, as, as what Mando has. I think Boba's Beskar is very similar to what Mando had originally before the Modern Records. So I think, you know, if if Boba did get a shot off and hit Mando, Mando would be able to get two shots off still standing because his armor would take the hit.
1: It's a difficult one, isn't it? I'd I'd like to stick with the old school, but I have to admit you both have pretty good reasons there. But I just, you know, I just want to give Boba the benefit of the day.
0: I mean, Boba does have the more experience, though. He is a more experienced fighter than Jinjaren but I'm still, I'm still rooting Mando.
2: Two, one, the Mando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And last up from That's the Scuttlebutt, they want to know what is your most prized Star Wars collectible and is there a story behind it? So we'll go to you, Jason. What's your most prized Star Wars collectible?
1: Mine is the um, Star Wars, the Art of Rebels um, book because I've got the, I think I've talked about this before, I've got the real book big special edition version where it's got the lovely gift box that opens up and you've got the light up lightsabers and um, uh, the artwork's just amazing. It's such a high quality book and I just absolutely adore Rebels. Um, So, yeah, that is the one thing that um, is my pride and joy. Kat, that's got to you.
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, currently, my most prized Star Wars collectible is seven five one nine two UCS Millennium Falcon. That's the new one. Uh, when it was announced back in, I want to say twenty fifteen, um, I immediately knew I had to get it. The previous version, you know, was going for uh, crazy prices on the resale market. I mean, it it's a holy grail. Uh, Lego set. So when the new one came around, I, I was just in awe of it. And I remember working really hard uh, at Car Boots for I think like six weeks, raising the money to actually get the Falcon. And then at my local Lego store, they only had 20 on the day of release. And I specifically remember being handed a tag that said number 15. So I had number 15 out of 20.
2: That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. 15 out of 20. I think mine would be the greatest figure ever made. The Black Series Hasbro Haslab Rancor. Oh, hang on a sec. Hasbro (laughs) didn't make it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was gonna be on like if you could have anything under the Christmas tree. I thought that was gonna be your answer.
2: (laughs) Well that's it's coming gone. We've got to let got to let the past die, you know, kill it if you have to. Uh,
0: oh, Hasbro killed that 100%. Yeah. Oh, it
1: was it was a sad day, um, and I, I think it just goes to prove what we said all along, they they really did cock that one up.
2: Definitely. I think it's a, bit, it's a difficult question for me, so, like, I've got a lot of Star Wars collectibles, um, a lot, Um the ones that always draw me i do so i've got like my 90s x-wing kenner x-wing that's in actually like really good condition still you know play with it loads um so like that's in me detail, if i can see that now i've got my lego millennium not lego sorry i've got my kenner uh, millennium falcon from the 90s uh which again like that that's in bad condition it's battered. that's on top of me detail, and again it's there it reminds us of the good times and it's, it's really cool to have um but I don't know where this is actually. I have to dig it out. But um, so when when the Phantom Menace came out, uh, my dad, who's not really into Star Wars, but his his best friend when he was a boy was Brian, and um, Brian went to the Phantom Menace premiere, the UK premiere, and he was—I don't know if everybody got them or what—but like, he was given like a program that was like a like a like a white silver. Star Wars, the Phantom Menace program, and there was this beautiful sort of book with like pictures and bits from the movie in it that everybody at the premiere got. Um So I I wonder where that is. Actually, it might be at my mom's house still. I find I used to live there, but um I remember getting that as like a eleven year old and like really feeling like I had something so special and so rare. And I would like get it, look at the pictures, and I would like put it back away and keep it in like a drawer where like it couldn't get damaged and stuff. I was very protective of it. Like, I, wouldn't, I didn't take it to school. Like If friends knew about it, they could come and I would get it out and show them and then would go back away again. I was very protective of it um, just because how special it seemed to be. Um, so may, maybe that. Um, that or the X-Wing, I think, maybe.
1: Yeah, the funny thing is um, my kids have still got my second-hand... Um, Millennium Falcon that I had um I got it must have been about eighty seven, eighty eight. Um and they've still got that, although that is really battered. But I think it is in a rather battered old box, which was the original box that it came in.
2: That's really cool. Um trying to think what that was. Yeah, I would say, I would say, I would say the ones I've said. Um, yeah, moving on from that. Um, obviously, George Lucas has been in a very given mood, like he normally is. Um, you know, George is very quiet; he doesn't really say much publicly. But um, the Hobson Lucas Family Foundation, uh, which is George and George's wife's um, foundation, has. Gave a donation to help establish the Martin Scorsese Institute, um, and it's sort of like a, a virtual production center within New York University. Um, that's going to be there to help sort of young people in sort of learning about film and and sort of get getting those skills. Um, again, it's, it's it's a non-story really, but you know I don't think George gets enough credit for just how given he govern he is. You know, all George's children were adopted. You know, he 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 went and took in kids who. Who maybe came from bad backgrounds or didn't have somebody who was there for them, and, and he was there for them. Um, you know he he he's, he's, he's well known for, you know, he, he's donated quite a bit to sort of Martin Luther King charities. Um, he's donated a lot to. Um, I'm not quite sure where the money went, but I know the Disney the Disney deal. A sort of a lot of that money was sort of given away, um, you know. Two, two charities and charitable foundations, um. So yeah, I just think you know it, it, this guy who created this thing we all love so much, um. Who you know he, he doesn't really ride his coattails. You know he's he very much keeps he's a very quiet man. He often whenever you see pictures of him, he's always like walking down the street with like a a nice coffee or he's eating some Chinese and he he's he's wearing his jeans, a, a checky shirt and his Reeboks. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, he's not driving Maseratis in, in Tom Ford suits. Uh, he's the exact opposite of that. So I just, I just think, you know, for me, George has always set the green example with these awesome stories, but also the way he lives his life, I think's A great example to set as you know, George has a lot, but he gives a lot back. Um, so, yeah, I just want to talk about that. If, if you guys got any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, the, the George Lucas sees days. The only time I seem to see him pop up is when he turns up to a Formula One event, um, which... Um, I know he was one of the people that, um, when Lewis Hamilton went into the championship uh, challenge, um, George actually sent him a really nice good luck message. Um, it's like you say, he's he's got a history of being a great philanthropist. Um, and, yeah, this is just another um, thing to show, his support to filmmakers of the future. Um, and let's face it, he is probably one of the biggest innovators in film technology, when you look at the setup of Skywalker Sound, ILM. Um, And this is just another case where you see George, you know, building a future that's not just for the filmmakers, but a great future for us as film viewers.
0: Definitely. I mean, when George created, you know, the force and the Jedi code within Star Wars, he basically lives by his own Jedi code you know he's there sort of spreading the light of filmmaking as much as he can and he is so giving uh with his philanthropy to many different charities and it is wonderful to see he does set a great example he sets a jedi-like example
2: definitely i think i think for me george you know he's a very given man he's a very kind man um I think sometimes his sense of humour, which can be very dry, is, is taken the wrong way, uh, but I think he's very funny. Um, and I think, to me, he's one of the greatest storytellers of all time. And I think you cannot tell the story of modern cinema without George Lucas. Um,
1: oh, it's funny you say about his sense of humour. Um, it's one of my favourite parts of um, the gallery um, documentary series on Disney+, Plus, where... Obviously John Favreau's known for being quite a funny guy, but George Lucas absolutely takes him down when Favreau's there showing him around the set and he shows him obviously um the um rifle that was inspired by Boba Fett's rifle from the animated original animation. And um John Favreau just is there like really showing it off and says of course it's canon, it's canon like this and George just turns, looks at him and goes, not really and moves along and it was just literally absolutely hilarious but it's like you say, it's just his dry delivery um, and I love it Definitely Um,
2: Moving on from that, has anybody seen Spider-Man No Way Home yet?
0: i really want to but i haven't been to the cinema
2: yet well it's very good i have seen it i'm not going to talk spoilers but we are going to talk that there is uh some lego star wars in the movie as there has been in all three spider-man so far
1: i heard about this because obviously the bit i remember is um where they they were building the um lego death star so what's in the new film
2: so obviously, in the first movie, we see like a fully built Death Star, um, yep. and then it, it gets dropped and smashed when when. Oh, don't a talk secret. to me about that. Uh, so that sort of mirrors the destruction of the original of a New Hope. Um. And then when we see it in, obviously, it's not in the second movie. Um far from home, which is obviously makes sense because the empire strikes back doesn't have a Lego, it doesn't have a death star. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And then in Spider-Man, no way home, uh, the Lego death star returns and it's half built, uh, which sort of in return of the July, we've got a half built death star. I mean, you know, it's got pieces missing. It's fully operational, but it's half built. Um, so yeah, sort of a cool little Easter eggs there from, uh, the director, John Watt. um, See, so yeah, I just want obviously not going to give spoilers about the actual movie movie because there's loads in it that you're going to love when you watch it. Um, but yeah, John Watts obviously he's he's, he's just added some sort of a, sort of a Star Wars Lego original trilogy Easter eggs in there, which I find really cool. Um, but yeah, that that brings about sort of all the talking points we had down for tonight's episode. Kat, is there anything you want to add?
0: No, I think this has been a great great episode
1: before the holidays oh i'm gonna have to jump in because if this is our really really last episode of the year i've got to ask you both a couple of questions so first one starting with you pete is out of all the tv series that is uh, due to drop next year for star wars which one are you looking forward to the most Okay, so we'll not include Book of Warfare because that's out this year, technically. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, things
2: that are on the horizon. Um, I think, I, for me, the, the top three ones I want to see are Andor, Kenobi, and Acolyte. Uh, so I, I don't know if we'll get Acolyte next year or not, if, it's, or if it'll be two. Too, it's obviously in pre-production now. But I think we're definitely getting Andor, definitely getting Kenobi in 2022. Yeah. and I can't wait for those series. Um
1: but which one? Which one is the one that you're really, really looking forward to?
2: Both, really. I think like both are very different. I know it's going to be very sort of espionagey, um, more about sort of the Star Wars galaxy and learning new things. Where I think Kenobi's going to be more about punching us right in the heart and ripping our souls out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Cat?
0: For me, it is one hundred percent Ahsoka. I cannot wait to see where that storyline goes. I'm really hoping to see some Chiss in live action.
1: Yeah, I, I have to admit, I, I think for me, it is the obi One series. Um, but I'm also hoping that at the end of next year, we're going to get, I'm pretty sure it's going to be this time next year, we're going to be talking about season three of The Mandalorian as well. Did you have any other
2: questions for us, Jason?
1: Yeah, the next one is out of everything that's announced. What is the one piece of merchandise that you're really looking forward to next year? Obviously, no rancor, But what else? What else have you heard about? Yeah, I
2: don't know. I think the, the problem is that we've had stuff being like shown to us like at the beginning of this year that we haven't even got yet. That's pretty, like because of if the blame in the pandemic or whatever it is the blame, but like the distribution problems at Hasbro are pretty big, so like you know they re-released the um the the original Clone Wars micro series figures in black series form. Which yeah, is, I've got pre ordered like General Window and stuff in Grievous. Um, and again, like the pre-order I paid for them, but like they haven't arrived yet, and who knows when they're going to arrive? They're probably going to arrive next year. And they're going to be really cool, but they're not planned for next year. I mean, they were planned for this year. Um. So, I, I I don't know. Um, I think for me, I want to see Disney Parks put more of their merchandise available in the UK. Those legacy lightsabers are available at Disney Parks only, like, should be available on the Disney website across the world. Because yeah. I would happily pay full price for one.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see that. Some of those sabers look absolutely amazing. What about you, Kat?
0: I've actually got the exact same problem as Pete. I've had my um, Hot Toys Episode 9 Kylo Ren figure on pre-order for, I think it's like a year and a half, and they're shipped in from China. So it's now scheduled, I think, for January next year. Uh, So yeah, I'm looking forward to finally receiving that figure. It's been the longest wait.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping next year we've, we're have we going to finally see some sort of normality to it all and we're actually going to get what we're all looking for.
2: Definitely, definitely. Any other questions, Jason?
1: No, I think those were the two that I had off the top of my head because um, obviously, you know, we've got a lot coming up next year. Um, As a Star Wars fan, I think 2022 is a real year to look forward to. Um, there's also quite a few books and comic books coming out. Um, so yeah, I, uh, 2022 is a year I'm looking forward to.
2: Definitely. Definitely. And just one last thing from me. We'll, will we'll not discuss it, but just to sort of address the obvious, um, we've not spoken about star Wars eclipse. We will not be speaking about the upcoming game star Wars eclipse, uh, It's a podcast Star Wars has decided to stand with our fellow podcasts who. You know, are rightly sort of upset and want an answers as to why the Star Wars project would be sort of given to somebody like David Cage, um, who is head of the developer, the game company who will be developing that game. Um, And we're not going to discuss anything marketing wise that they release for that game or the game itself. Uh until the point where Disney Lucasfilm games come out and tell us why it's happening or come out and make a change, then you know if that changes then we might then start talking about it if they if they make the change. But at the minute it's all radio silence on that front but we stand with the fact that Star Wars is for everyone. Um, David Cage has very much said that it does not make games for everyone. Again, I'm not going to go into his comments. If you want to search that up, you can find that online. Um, but no, Star Wars is for everyone. Um, and the content creators who are given the privilege to make Star Wars content sh- should be good people and should be making content that is 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 available for everyone. Not everyone will like it, but it should be available for everyone. Um, and I think for a company that put out a T-shirt it's Star Wars Celebration saying Star Wars is for everyone, I bought that T-shirt myself, and I wear it. So many shared T-shirts, and I, and I take its message seriously. Uh, for a company that officially sold that T-shirt in Lucasfilm and in Disney, um, they need to answer the questions as to why it's happened and what they plan on doing about it. Um, and I think it speaks volumes the more it goes on in silence. Um, but just know, anybody who was sort of upset about 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 the game. And about how it's been handled, like I said, we stand with you. We stand with the hashtag Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. Like I said, we're not going to be talking about any marketing of the game that they release, um, or the game itself, like I said, until until the landscape changes. And if the landscape doesn't change, then we'll be radio silent on it. Um Jason, have you got any messages for the listeners for wrap this up?
1: Um just um, I've got one of, I know I've said about these last time, um, the affirmation cards, so I've got one to leave you with. Um, I like this one because I, I when I decided to talk about PEDGE earlier, I decided to check because I thought there's got to be a C3PO card. and Funnily enough, it also ties in with the whole making thing and also with what we've said about George Lucas earlier. And it says, make something new build an invention or create a piece of art out of things found in your home. It doesn't matter if it works or looks good. The act of creation often teaches us valuable lessons. So I just thought that was quite a nice one to go into. And obviously wish everyone a Merry Christmas and um, we'll look forward to exploring the galaxy far, far away with you next year, 2022. Definitely. I couldn't tell that about myself, Jason. And
2: Kat, any final messages for the listeners as we head into Christmas?
0: Happy holidays and happy life day to every denizen of the galaxy near and far, far away. May you have a peaceful and bright time. And may the new year be kind, healthy. And may the force be with you in 2022.
2: See, that's beautiful. I'm just sitting there. Oh, she me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try and beat that one. I think, um, obviously, this is our last episode before Christmas, so happy Christmas, everybody. Um, happy holidays. Whatever it is that you celebrate, um, enjoy it. If you aren't celebrating anything on December 25th, then just have a great day. Um, we might be back with an episode before before the new year, um, depending on whether we can get together or not, and we have all got busy schedules. Obviously, Boba Fett will be landing on the 29th, so ideally, we all want to get together and review those episodes for you guys to listen to, um, but we, we don't know if that'll be before January first or after January first at this point. But we'll keep you posted through social media, so do not worry. Um, last thing from me, Jason. Where can people find you on social media?
1: Cat for you at Hondo is my Twitter. I'm not going to go down the Instagram chat, but yeah. That's the place to find me.
0: Oh, you remembered this time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Kat, where can people find you on social media?
0: You can find me at Twitter, uh, at Kat Kylo, both of K. Always happy to talk Kylo Ren and Star Wars.
2: Fantastic. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at GeordieJediPete. You can also find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok at StarBoz Podcast and you can find the podcast on Twitter at Boars Star. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode. Have a great Christmas, have a great holidays, just have a great day on December twenty fifth, everyone. neither the force you with you all and remember always tell that to Kanja Club.
0: Hello, Star Wars listeners. This is Savannah Odit. You might know me as host of The Dorky Diva Show with my co-host Brian Balance. I am also producer of The Adventures of the Dart which is a Star Wars inspired audio drama that we produced over the last year. If you love stories uh, about smugglers, courage, heroic characters, and maybe a few foes along the way, you should go to thedorkydivashow.com and listen to The Adventures of the Zolendart today. Shout!
2: We've got your pigs.
1: Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now?
2: I didn't do anything! I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Temperamental.
1: <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is
2: there a place nearby where I can make some repairs?
1: Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big.
0: Dynamic class. My stars! You don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while.
1: She's pretty great. Uh, Any chance you have a hover cart we can use to load up?
0: I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector.
2: My name is Sereth Korn. I am the chief here on Kamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages out of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone.
0: I say we take this one. The pay is great and
2: it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Patu to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, Perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you were interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can.
1: Well, that's not good. Is that blaster fire right here? Ah, so you're the one.
2: Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way.
1: <laughs> I love when they got some fight in them.
2: Uh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company.
1: I'll see you soon.